Welcome to the In Doubt Podcast, where we explore the challenging topics that young adults often face. Each week, we talk with guests who help answer questions of faith, life, and culture, connecting them to our daily experiences and God's Word. For more info on In Doubt, visit indoubt.ca or indoubt.com. Hey everyone, it's Courtney. And I'm so glad that you're joining us for the last episode of 2019. Of course, there's so many things that have happened in the past year, and it would be impossible to go through them all. But on this week's episode, we're joined by Joshua, Isaac, and Daniel, and they're taking a look back at the year in review. Whether it happened in pop culture, the church, or if it shook the world, we're exploring the ups and downs of the past year before we jump into 2020. So I hope that you enjoyed this episode with all three of your In Doubt hosts. Hey, welcome to In Doubt. My name's Daniel, and I'm joined here by my friend Josh. Yeah, good to be here. And my friend Isaac. Yes. Here. Fellas, <laughs> how are we doing? Doing well. Things are good. Yeah, it is. It is good. Good. How are we, you doing? I'm doing really well. I mean, we've made it to the end of the year. That's right. Right? We have made it past Christmas, and now we are sitting here uh, reflecting on this past year. Mm-hmm. Uh, big events for Josh and I this past year. Yeah. We got married. Totally. And I'm sure all the, the wedding talk Isaac brings back and all the flooding of memories of, oh, yeah. of, of your wedding. It's and so good. I'm just, I, it's, I'm happy for you guys. What's your, what's your fondest memory of your wedding? Do you have oh. a fondest memory? It, you know, it was all so surreal and a blur. I don't know if that was for you guys. Right. But it goes oh, by totally. fast. It, it goes by so fast. And uh, it's kind of fun, like, before the actual you know, ceremony and everything, I was doing a lot of work. But then once it started, <clears throat> everything else was taken care of. So I just got to kind of yeah, take, totally. it was like a ride. It was yeah. like a roller coaster ride. <laughs> and you're just like, okay. Yeah. And it's fun. Yeah. It's really fun. So, yeah. Anyways, okay. it was good. Josh. 2019, good year. Yeah. No, I, uh, the wedding went really well. You know, it was actually, it was very cool that morning. But one, one of the things that Shalana and I have been thinking about the whole way through our, our dating, our engagement was this Ephesians 5.32. This mystery is profound, and I'm saying it, it refers to Christ and the church, mm-hmm. as Paul writing. And, and so the whole time we we're talking about how, how the marriage covenant is supposed to image the relationship between Christ and his church. And I thought on my wedding day that it was the one day in my whole life, Lord willing, that I will ever stand in that place to see that picture, mm-hmm. that I will ever stand. in the picture is that, that the man stands as Christ to receive his bride the church, which is uh, who, who Christ receives, and to be standing there and to, to imagine that picture of, of Christ accepting me in all of all of all that I am and all that He has redeemed me to be, um, it was pretty cool to that's think awesome. that that's the one day in my life uh, that I'll have that, and I just wanted to savor that really well. Cool. So it was a great day. That's awesome, dude. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, my wedding day was awesome too. Like it was. It, you're right. It's a blur. Yeah. It was a blast. And blur and a blast. A blur and a blast, and I highly recommend it. So, um, <laughs> hey, right fellas, on. listen, I have in front of me a list of, of items that I want to talk about. And, you know, at the it's, it's common in our culture to look back and reflect on the year, look at 2019, mm. the highs and the lows. And so I have, uh, along with you guys and um, our producer, Courtney, she has put together a list yeah. of things that we can just chat about. And the, the purpose of this episode is going to be basically, uh, we're just going to go back and forth and just discuss these things as we see fit. Cool. It might, we might spend a little bit of time on them, maybe spend a lot of time on them, but there's not really a, uh, a, a massive structure to this episode. Other than that, we're just going to talk and see where it takes us. Right that on. sounds good. Okay. So the Let's first thing I have to do is 2019 brought us the, the much highly anticipated Disney Plus. Ooh, big yes. topic. Which I should say that I just kind of found out about 
<laughs> today maybe I maybe I've heard about it a little bit but you guys you can you can take the floor on this one mm. have you have you either of you guys got a subscription to Disney plus I, I do we my wife and I just just yeah. finalized one yesterday there you so, go. And you have one, I'm guessing? I do, yeah. yeah. What we did is a few people in the office, we all got together and pitched in. And so we uh, were sharing an account, right on. Uh, which is a really fun way of doing it. But, the, dude, there's so much on there. Mm-hmm. I and can't. What, what a throwback it is, eh, to all those yeah. old Disney movies. You got Lady and the Tramp and mm-hmm. Milo Thatch and the, what is it, the something to Atlantis. I don't know what it is, but it's about Atlantis. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Well, and not even that, but the throwback to the old Disney shows mm. growing up. Right. Like the like whole Lizzie, Mickey Mouse? Or? Mickey Mouse. No, like Lizzie McGuire and oh uh, all of these. So you like, watched that? You know, I had a sister. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> dude, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I grew up with that show. Like Kim Possible, all these other, like, cartoon, even Stevens, mm. I think, is on there. Oh, nice. Crazy. Is Dexter part of uh, Dexter's Laboratory? Is that? I think Dexter was uh, Cartoon Network. Oh. Mm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But sorry. there was so much on there. And, <laughs> and and I had no idea that Disney actually... So they have like they have their Pixar. So you have every Pixar movie. So D- Disney owns Pixar? That's Disney right. owns Pixar, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. So this is basically a Disney Netflix. And they've okay. pulled... They're slowly, I think, I believe, pulling all their stuff off of Netflix once those contracts mm. run out. And they're just going to put it exclusively on oh. Disney+. Plus. So the, the catalog's enormous. But you have... Um, all the Pixar movies there. You have mm-hmm. National Geographic documentaries that are now owned mm-hmm. by them. You have Star Wars. Um, you have Marvel. So, like, cinematic universes galore. And so right, I've, right. I've had a lot of fun. My wife and I are now watching all the Star Wars. Nice. And uh, she had, she, she's like, I've only seen number seven. And mm. uh, so we, we did it the right way, we, the way it's supposed to be watched. Where we have gone through one, two, three, then we watched Rogue One, four, five, six, seven, and right now we're making it through the Last Jedi. Right on. You and even plugged Rogue One in the right place, eh? We did, Good yeah. Move. Yeah, and that's an important movie it in is. the whole saga. Yeah. So, you know what, what? What's so interesting about all the conversations I've had about Disney Plus is, as much as there's these new, you know, The Mandalorian, this new Star Wars thing, and all the Marvel mm-hmm. movies are on there. What I hear about the most are those classic Disney movies. Mm-hmm. I, I'm hearing about the Cinderella and the Beauty and the Beast. Like these things that people are throwing right back to their childhood. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting to see how today there is this sense uh, about us that we want to go back. We want to go right. back to those warm memories. Yeah, uh, It's almost like we're, we're looking for something stable, something uh, like some people watch movies because it's something totally unknown. It's a new story. But when it comes to this, it, yeah. people are going back to what they what they know. I know how the movie goes. Yeah. I know how the, I know that in the Lady and the Tramp, the, yeah. They, yeah. the dogs. It's like comfort food. It's like going back to yeah, your it mom's it house. To some, like, it evokes a feeling that I have in my past and all these memories that yeah. come flooding back. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, I, I almost wonder if it shows us this sense about us, and particularly in in our young adult age, that we're we're looking ahead and we're thinking everything. Life is so uncertain, hmm. right? I, I'm making these plans and I'm making these decisions, and I'm trying to, particularly as a Christian, I'm trying to navigate this world of. How do I follow after the Lord? How do we be faithful to him, but also pursue uh, a job that because I, I need to earn money? And there's all these questions. And and quite often we're flooded with this sense of, of uncertainty uh, that can often fill us with stress yeah. right, and anxiety. Yeah. Well, what's going to be my life? But, but to go back and to sit down and for two hours or however long, maybe it's an hour and 10 minutes, even the short ones, and watch a movie that I know, that I remember, it throws me back to my childhood yeah. where where there's comfort and there's stability. I I almost think it says something about where we are today as young adult culture at at the young adult Mm. age that we're so nervous about what's coming Mm -hmm. that we want to go back and we just want to pause for a minute and go back to what we know. So Josh, do you think that's a a healthy practice to do? I I don't think it's necessarily unhealthy uh, at at times, but 
to if if it's if it's an escape from the future, if it's an escape from the now, yeah, because because I don't trust God, I think absolutely that's unhealthy. Because as it is, as Christians, we know you know this is this is James saying, "What's your life? It's a mist." Uh, you can't even say, I'm going to go to the next town tomorrow, but you should say, if the Lord wills it, I'm going to go. And so we ought to walk with actually a confidence that Christ is behind us, that the yeah. Holy Spirit uh, is guiding us. We walk by the Spirit. We're led by the Spirit. There's there's a confidence about the Christian life. But to go back and enjoy memories of childhood, I actually think can be a really healthy thing, not necessarily a bad thing. I was going to say, I, I, have, I haven't personally kept up on Disney movies mm-hmm. uh, lately. I just, I, I'm just not a huge Disney person, uh, as some people are. Um, obviously, I'm with two of them. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, uh, but no, I, I was just going to say, though, but two years ago, my wife and I sat down, we watched 101 Dalmatians, and I was blown away at how like morally beautiful mm. that like the family pongo and like just the the accountability the love mm. and the dedication of uh of this father dog like loving his his wife dog mm. and his children and like we watched the whole thing and i was astounded at how like christian it was without mm. any obviously major christian things but just the morality of it and i was mm. like man i i would i'm happy to let my kids watch this movie because it was just so so good yeah, interesting. And then this whole Mandalorian new Star Wars. Daniel, I feel like you might have something to say about that. Dude, I'm watching The Mandalorian. <laughs> I have quite a, a breadth of Star Wars knowledge myself. But Mandalorian's been a lot of fun. And it's been a, a good time of, you know, it's kind of like you would wait so long for these new Star Wars movies to come out, right? And then you get to see the new story for yourself. And it's fun to see something coming out weekly that's done live action. Like, I know that they had the Clone Wars, but it was it was kind of a cartoon and animated series. But having something live action that is actually done really well has been a lot of fun. And mm. I, I'm excited about the future of them making more shows. Mm. Largely because Star Wars for me is about the like the universe, you know? So it's this this little Mandalorian, this new show is like growing this corner of the universe that you didn't really know hmm. existed. So introducing new characters and new new ideas to the Star Wars universe. But the I mean, have you guys seen any of the memes about the baby Yoda? Oh yeah. Yeah, Dude. I didn't know where they were from. I was, I, and I, so I watched the trailer to the newest Star Wars, and I'm like, yeah, there's no little baby Yoda. And then I realized it's from The Mandalorian. Yeah. So lots of that happening. Uh, people are loving that. Are you guys going to go see the new Episode Nine Star Wars? Yeah, you know what? I, I think I'm curious to see because I, what you see in Star Wars, especially in the newest ones, is is you move. I mean, it's, it's a very um, – it, it, they're trying to speak of good and evil as two balancing things forces right mm-hmm. it's the yin and yang um it, you need the, the the as the evil rises up so the the good is going to rise up against it and and conversely as the good rises up evil is going to rise up against it um and so i'm curious if if they're going to come to a conclusion in episode nine that has the light or the good win uh is is this still something as a culture that we see the good has to win in such a way that the evil is now doused or is it always going to be a perpetual story of good and evil at war with each other mm. that never ends probably i almost think that it's going to be that <laughs> yeah so i'm curious i'm curious where they're going to land mm-hmm. interesting i i can't say too much about it i i don't know i mean sorry guys <laughs> sorry guys <laughs> all no, good. you know Isaac, it's, it's okay yeah i don't know if it's because i live in mission or something <laughs> but I, maybe i just haven't uh, been up to date on the star wars mm. no, dude, but i a, do enjoy watching them there i feel like it's like a roller coaster a fun story yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, they're visually amazing. Totally. That's the thing. You watch them, you're like, you go, part of the reason you watch Star Wars is for the visuals. Okay, next topic, man. Let's go here. Kanye West. Yeah. Dude, he's a Christian now. Kanye West releases a gospel album. Did you guys listen to the album? I've, yes. I've only listened to pieces. I haven't listened to the whole <clears throat> thing. 
Okay. Yeah, same. Yeah. Okay, so I've had a, a large listen through this thing many, many times. And, dude, it uh, it's quite the album. And the lyrics in this album are actually so gospel-centered. It's it's really amazing. So mm. I think I think a lot of us in the evangelical world would, would look at Kanye West and see his conversion to faith and be really skeptical about it, mm. right? And then I'm, I'm listening to these lyrics and then hearing him talk. And, and there's another pastor, I think his name was Adam Tyson, was the guy who was kind of mentoring him. Mm-hmm. And basically he was like, Kanye basically came, came to him and said, look, I've had a miraculous conversion. I, I believe in Christ and I need to be taught. And he, and he showed up at like just a really small church mm-hmm. and just very humbly was trying to learn from this pastor and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so apparently as they're writing this album, this pastor is helping him craft the, these lyrics <laughs> so that they're orthodox. And it was a really amazing listen to hear music done at a really high level. Mm. And that's not to say Christian music isn't done at a high level, but it was just interesting seeing someone like Kanye West right. doing explicit gospel music. Yeah. Yeah. And for to have it so well received, like it became, he released it, I think, in like late November. Right. Or maybe early November. Sure, yeah. And automatically it shot up to being one of the top right, albums. Right. Like it was amazing how, yeah. how fast it, it exploded onto the scene. Mm. Yeah. So I... I'm a big fan of the album, and I'm I'm curious to you guys to to think what you guys think about, I mean, this conversion story by him. Are you guys skeptical about it, or do, do you believe him? Have you looked enough into it? Uh, yeah, I, I haven't looked too much into it. I have listened to it a little bit, and uh, I, I get both sides. It's easy to to to. It's just it's just because it's human nature to to see where he was, but then that's what testimonies are: is yeah. somewhere was and to where they are now after they've uh, come to see Christ. So I think it's really hard when <clears throat> we don't know him. Mm-hmm. And we have to, we have to uh, judge him. We feel like him. we know him because we feel we've, like, yeah, we've yeah. seen so much of well, him. And anyone who's on and... stage and who's in the limelight, you learn to have this relationship with them, and they don't, they don't actually, you don't actually know them, right? But I, I think with with Kanye, all we we see from him is we hear his lyrics, um, and we see his interview clips, and we see him on, you know, uh, the different. Uh, he was with uh, not Jimmy Jim. Uh, what's the late night guy? Not Fallon, but the other Jimmy Jimmy Kimmel. Jim, Jim, Jimmy Kimmel. We see him on these different shows, and we see him at Osteen's church. We see him uh, saying things, and we have to judge it by by that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's 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 never going to be sh- sure. Um, but I think we are called, as uh, especially as Christian leaders, we need to to judge fall, uh, teachers by their fruit. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so we do have to to watch him, especially because a lot of people will follow Kanye as yeah. well. So yeah. it actually is a, I think, and for me personally, it's convicting because I need to be more on top of of you know using asking the Spirit for discernment to help me know like, okay, is this someone that I'm like going to be able to be like totally cool with with people uh you know following and and endorsing and and mm-hmm. everything mm-hmm. because i think uh it's i'm more easily uh uh will fall into just kind of being like oh i don't know i don't know mm. i don't know i yeah. don't know and that's and i think a lot of people do do that because it, it takes work to actually try to right. come to a thing so mm-hmm. I, that's kind of where i'm at right now i need to do more mm-hmm. what about you yeah you know i <clears throat> watched his his interview that was on the plane it was like the singing thing with james corden yeah. Um, and I was encouraged by a lot of things that Kanye West said um, because they were gospel statements. Right. Um, on the flip side, there were a couple things that he said that I thought, I, you, you know, Kanye, I don't know if that's quite you, what you want to be saying. Um, so I, as Christians, when we look at someone like this, it seems like there's a radical conversion. Yeah, the temptation is to fall on either side. The cynic, right, that says, well, he's probably not saved. He's still up in the, you know, big music business. Yeah, it's all a ploy. It's yeah. he's doing it for... Or you flip to the side and you just rejoice immediately. Yeah, he's saved, he's saved, he's saved, and, and start telling everybody. And I think we just kind of need to slow down 
Um, because I think you're exactly right. There's there's a sense in which the Christian faith, the new birth, which which the Holy Spirit grants to us, is something that is then revealed in our lives as we uh, begin to bear fruit, the fruit of the Spirit, and we we live in good works, and and it's something that grows and and begins to shine bright. Um, immediately, sometimes that can be hard to see. Like even in, even biblically, there, there's there are pictures of. Uh, people in the the uh, the soils, right, who receive the word immediately, but but the cares of the world come and they uh, they they're not dug deep, right, and so they they burn up. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I think I think we just kind of need to slow down and not be willing, not be too fast to jump on either side. But I think the the thing that I worry about for Kanye is that for a Christian, especially a baby Christian, a new Christian, yeah. to be in the limelight so fast can be a really scary thing and a really difficult thing uh, and potentially potentially a damaging thing uh, where even in the text when we're talking about overseers and elders like it says that they, they shouldn't be a new believer a new convert um, and so he's kind of in this light because he's so famous that that what he says people who are non-christians are going to think well this is what christians say yeah, this yeah. is gospel this is the bible and and he, i think what kanye needs is to go into a local church a healthy local church and sit under a pastor and just grow and learn and develop as a follower of Jesus Christ. And God has, has put him in, if, if he's been born again, God's put him in a pretty amazing place to be mm-hmm. able to minister the gospel. Yeah. Uh, let's pray that that's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's and, and I think that's something maybe for us to encourage, and I ought to encourage myself to be praying for him. Um, but I, I just think uh, what he needs is, is time to grow and develop as a follower of Jesus so that when the time comes for him to speak, um, he's ready and he's prepared and he knows he has a reason for the hope that's within him. Yeah. So Josh, you're right. We need to be praying for him and praying, but yes. time will tell. The same thing though is I can say that and be like, well, time will tell for us too. Hmm, and absolutely. for every Christian ever. Yeah. That's the thing is it's unfair for us to hold Kanye to the standard and say, well, you know, time will tell Kanye, where uh, each one of us also actually have to, to persevere in faith mm-hmm. yeah. uh, until the end. Because if we're not going to persevere to the end, then, uh, part of being a Christian is you, you, you practice it, you profess it and you persevere and you endure. Yeah. You endure. Absolutely. So. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Next topic. Another big thing that happened in 2019 is there was that shooting that happened in New Zealand. Mm. Do you guys remember that? Yeah. That happened in Christchurch, New Zealand, right? And there were mm-hmm. two, I believe it was two mosques mm-hmm. that were attacked by a gunman. Yeah. I, you know that. And, and even uh, I'm thinking about the, the Sri Lankan church bombing, um, that happened this year. Like it, there, there are there continues to be uh, violence mm-hmm. um, and upon religion because on, yeah, 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 re- yeah, belief. Yeah, and you know I think we know biblically that we are, we as Christians are going to be persecuted because Jesus said if 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 I'm persecuted, well, how, how much more are you going to be persecuted? Um, so we know, but but we even look around the world and we see those were two mosques, right? Those were Islamic people who were who were attacked and killed. Um, now, as Christians, um, we sure mourn at the wickedness and the violence that happens in our world, regardless of who uh, is the victim of such things, right? But yeah, it's it's interesting to see how it seems particularly that places of religion are, are being targeted, right? You, there's, uh, I can't remember quite what would happen, but there was something about uh, a Jewish synagogue that happened down in the States. And all sorts of people want to rise up with violence against religion. Mm-hmm. And, and I think because... Really, when you come to religion, it's somebody making a claim, an exclusive claim that says this is what's true, and nobody wants to hear that. No, especially if if it pushes against what you believe is true, mm-hmm. and um, your truth, and your and, truth. That's right. The yeah. whole the right postmodern, uh, everything's true. 
I think I think what we see is actually sinful humanity um, that wants to rise up against anything that challenges it. And, and this is our sin nature because we want to be right. We want to be in control. And, and when somebody diminishes my control, my right to do what I want, well, that I could see why that makes me angry, right? right my right. sin angry. Yeah. I want to do what I want to do. And the perceived track record um, that many people have of, let's say, the Islam religion or Christian religion, which people group Catholicism and everything mm. into just Christian yeah. from the outside, um, the kind of perceived track record today is just one of violence. Right. So you just look mm-hmm. through history, it's just yeah. violence, violence, violence. Look at so, the Crusades. Look right, at the... right, exactly, right? So they'll, they'll go to that and be like, well, this hasn't done anything, uh, anyone, hasn't done anyone good, so... They mm-hmm. they revolt and it's mm-hmm. they're they're you know attacking violence with violence. Um, something else I think is important to know is that we we get to see things at a global perspective mm-hmm. that people even hundred years ago was just different. Right. It was just different. We hear about things that happen. I mean, New Zealand is a long way away, like so far away, mm-hmm. and and we hear about this. And I think it's just important to know like this has been going on for yeah. millennia. Yeah. These little things. I remember like. Uh, when Paul, uh, someone in Roman guard is pulling Paul away from some riot and they, they say, aren't you the, the assassin from the Egyptians that came up to start this revolt? And Paul's like, no, 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 that's not me. Mm-hmm. So like, they accused him of this. I forget where it is exactly, but they accuse him of, aren't you this assassin that led this revolt? And so it just shows that these there's things going on all the time, mm-hmm. uh, all around. And it's precisely because of that. It's, I mean, that's one aspect that you're saying that Mm-hmm. Not wanting to be in a, a in an authority kind of position, you want to have freedom, so you're gonna you're gonna kill anything that threatens your freedom. But it happens because of sin. Yeah, it's just it's just it's just sin, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. So, anyways, well, we were talking a little bit about I guess religion and culture, and another thing that happened this year in in our world is the uh, Notre Dame Cathedral, right? The fire. It, yeah, it just burst up into flames. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting watching on the news and on I, I was following on Twitter a lot, the outrage and, and the, the panic that people had and, and the ultimate, like, there's a lot of devastation. People who, and rightly so, it's this beautiful building with a lot of artifacts and, and, and old items in there that are really, like, th- that are important to the Western world, I guess. But what were you guys' thoughts? Because I have my thoughts on this whole thing about the, the cathedral more negative, <laughs> you know, okay. but, um, yeah. What did just you guys thoughts on it? Yeah. Well, my, I'm cynical just by nature, right? Right. Everyone. So we know that Europe is a, just a deeply secular place and the Western world is becoming more and more secular. Mm. Right. And so it's just interesting to see when, when people see a cathedral, m- largely in, in Paris, right, it'd be a very secular place, not a lot of Christians there. When they see something that has been traditionally a Christian or a Catholic building bursting up into flames, why would they care, is my point. Like, why all the outrage? Yeah. And, I, and it's like, they would refer to it as, well, it's a piece of French culture. Yeah. Which, again, just misses the point that it's, this was a building built to glorify God. And uh, it, you should be upset about that, but... I just, I'm cynical about the whole thing because everyone is so upset about this building, but it's like, you you ultimately don't even care what the building stood for. No. So why do you care if this this building burnt down? That's so, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just more cynical about it. 
Yeah. What do you guys think? Well, I think I think you're right. I think it comes back to that whole our our love for things that are just you know stable and like mm-hmm. you know we're talking about the whole Disney Plus thing. It comes back to that. It's like this is a piece of culture and like I, I think a lot of people are are could be quick just to dismiss the religion behind it. Be like this is the Notre Dame. This is this is from my favorite movie. You know, yeah. uh, with you know the Hunchback guy, right? So it's um. I, um Quasimodo. Yeah, that's right. Um, Quasimodo. <laughs> so, like, th- there's that sense of like this. So, when it burns down, it's like, well, this is it's my my safe memory past yeah. is is dying. So, it's completely removed from religion, which is sad because we see that all around the globe. We see churches constantly being either just torn down mm-hmm. or reshaped into other things, and some people are outraged about it. And a lot of people who maybe even aren't Christians aren't are going to be like that too because this is part of history. Yeah. Right. But I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah, and in fairness to like, I don't think every secular person's a monster. I don't want to be here. Like, I don't want to say that. I just think it's a lot of people would have no category as to why that like like they didn't grow up with the stories, right? So they their Christian memory is just very little mm. for for a lot of um, people nowadays in the Western world, right? Like, oh yeah, my grandpa went to church, but they don't know much about anything about the Bible, mm-hmm. and so that's not like I think as Christians we need to be careful about not. Uh, like judging them for that. Well, you don't know anything. You don't know the significance, but because um, they just they just don't. So again, you can I, I say like they they. I guess it kind of feeds more into the thing. Like I feel like they shouldn't care as much because like I really don't know much about it. So it burned up. I guess it, it was right. a beautiful building, but um, I just I was just, the amount of outrage on it. It was like mm. it felt like it was an attack on 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 French pride. You know, this building is a part of our pride, and our pride was hurt by this fire, and right. uh, which brings up a, that's a whole another can of worms. But yeah. it just, yeah, my thought on it was, it was not as deep, yeah. deeply significant as you guys make it out to be on yeah. Twitter, yeah. right? Yeah. But I do think, I in some way, I think it's important for us to see how deeply significant the reality of of history and historical monuments withering away mm-hmm. can be. Um, if we put that in the in the context of the prophet Isaiah, right, who, who says the grass withers, the flowers fall, but the word of our God shall stand forever, mm-hmm. right? Like even even in the Christian faith, like like there are monuments. You have you have the the Dome of the Rock standing where the temple uh, was, right, in Jerusalem. Uh, so you could say, well, well, it seems like history has fallen and it's faded and moved, but but what stands fast? Uh, the truth. The word of God. So as much as these monuments, and it will continue to happen as, oh, yeah. as life goes on, monuments will wither and fall mm-hmm. and history will in some way be devalued or forgotten or some way. But but as Christians, uh, we hold fast to this one truth that in the end, uh, there is going to be renewal, yeah. right? That, that this earth, yes, it is going to pass away, everything, yeah. but there's going to be a new earth and a new heaven, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and so we hold fast to that promise. It's not that we're looking and saying, oh, everything's at loss because we're losing our history. No, no. Yeah. We hold fast to the word of God, which we have not lost. And mm-hmm. for 2,000 years has remained steadfast and longer in the Old Testament has remained steadfast. We, we cling to that. Yeah. That's never going to fade because yeah. the word of our God stands yeah. forever. Right? And what's so cool is because Notre Dame uh, being when it was first made is like a place where people gather as a church. It's like we know that the temple of the church is now us. Uh, which is just so empowering for Christians. It's, it's more than a building. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's way more than a building. Oh, yeah. It was amazing, too. One of the other things that was so interesting was that, that got a lot of media coverage. Mm-hmm. It did. And, and then the amount of funding that happened almost overnight. They mobilized just millions and millions of dollars to, to rebuild this the, the cathedral. Mm-hmm. And then another thing that was not like kind of roughly that's also been happening that really hasn't been getting as much attention is that like, there's been 
rainforest, the Amazon rainforest has been on fire, mm. right? And so has there been, I mean, I don't know how you rebuild that, but it's just an interesting that like for as climate aware as we are, yeah. that got way more attention yeah. than the, like a forest that could potentially be burnt down. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, it's interesting that uh, as, as a people, uh, as a race, we're very self-centered and this comes back to our sin, right? Uh, our, our nature that, that wants to think about us and celebrate us, we are far quicker to go and, and refurbish something that celebrates the achievement of mankind mm-hmm. than we are to go and celebrate uh, God's creation and defend God. Like, it's just interesting to see that, right? We'd rather celebrate human achievement yeah. um, than we would anything else that's going on. Totally. Well, speaking of human achievement, mm. Tesla Oof. this year released a their Cybertruck. Did uh, you guys see that video? Oh, yeah. Oh, I yeah. didn't see the video, but I just looked at a picture of the truck. It looks crazy. It looks like a box. Dude, yeah. it looks like... Do you remember in Pokemon? There was a Pokemon called Polygon or something like that. That's what the truck looked like to me. It was... Okay. It's just like there There was no rounded edges, just pointy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but It's it, the future you're looking at. It is a future. And I kind of... The more I look at it, the more I kind of like the design. But also the the thing that's funny about it is you're like, well, an electric truck, what can that do? You know, I want a, I want a Ford truck. I want a... What's the... Uh, the Dodge... The uh, the Ram? Yeah, the Ram. Dodge Ram. But you're like, oh, that must be the toughest truck. Then you, you read the thing, and the Tesla truck can tow double what the F-150 can do of that same range of model. Crazy, you're like, what? Crazy, crazy. It's got double the power yeah. of that. So whatever they're doing at Tesla is yeah. remarkable. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It, it really displays the, the I, I, you know, we, we come to, to the image of God. You think about Genesis 1, how he creates mankind in, in his own image. Yeah. And one of the ways that we profoundly display his image is in our ability for rational thinking. Yeah. And you just see, like, you look at something like that and sinful humanity wants to say human achievement. Redeemed Christian thought is, wow, look at how God has designed humanity to be, to come to this level of brilliance, uh, of being able to design something that can, that can double the towing of a, of a Dodge. Oh yeah. Right. That's pretty incredible. And it's just going to get more and more and more. Yeah. And it just, rather than simply celebrating and displaying the brilliance of one man, Elon Musk. Yeah. I think actually as a Christian, we look and say, wow, <laughs> that's pretty cool what God has enabled us to think about and to do and design and create. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. And we are like, just to think of it too broadly just we are right in the middle of just ridiculous technological innovation mm-hmm. advancement it's just insane from the last while it's just it, it just boggles people's mind. Yeah. i mean again you go back 100 years ago if you would have told people what was coming mm-hmm. you know in the 21st century it would have just they would have laughed mm-hmm. so it's it's crazy so cool. we have to be prepared for yeah. it i think biblically too and, and with the right worldview i mean i just saw recently um I didn't actually watch it, but I just saw the Gospel Coalition put out a video on like how do we deal with AI mm. um, coming up because that's a that's a serious thing that we need to start taking seriously. But AI even being artificial intelligence, artificial intelligence, yeah. yeah. Because you know, and there's that movie that came out a few years ago, Her with Joaquin Phoenix, mm-hmm. and it kind of it was like this pioneer, well, at least in, maybe in the mainstream of here's a guy that was having a real relationship with an AI mm. and uh, kind of put in a light of like a good light. And it was really interesting. Like, oh, wow. Um, so anyways, we have, there's a lot to think about when it mm. comes to the Christian, Christian worldview, when it comes to just technological advancement, but Cybertruck, cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, another thing that happened in 2019 that was actually really devastating and I, it actually really affected me a lot too in the, in the Christian world was the, pastor Jared Wilson who died mm-hmm. by suicide mm-hmm. and that was a few months ago in uh, he was a pastor young adults pastor in California and I was I'm curious to think what you guys thought about this whole situation and how you felt about it because it really impacted me 
Mm-hmm. Here's a young guy, a young pastor who has a, a beautiful family, right? And uh, a loving wife and, and everything that you see online is that things are going well. And, and he was, he had been a real outspoken person for anxiety and yeah, for mental depression health. and mental health. And, and, and then um, I guess it just became too much and he, he died by suicide. Mm. And so it really impacted me because I'm like, man, here's a guy, a very similar walk of life. And at this time, I'm like, I'm looking at getting married and, and uh, like I'm engaged, right? When, when this happened oh, yeah. and just aiming towards it. And it was mm-hmm. just like, this is, it was so heavy. How did, how did you guys deal with this? Mm. Well, I think it's certainly just to, just to comment again on what happened. It's, you know, if, if we heard of some young father and husband who committed suicide, it's sad and it's a it's a reality and and we we see that happen but i think it's the fact that he was a pastor mm-hmm. and quite a well-known pastor he's an author as well so um and a big calvary chapel greg Laurie's church i think Har- harvest uh, yeah, harvest, harvest bible chapel i think yeah, yeah. so it, it, i so it's quite a well-known church and he, so he he was quite in the limelight so everyone saw him so i think that's where the the shock comes so when i see that it's we have this idea where that can't happen to pastors, you know, that can happen to uh, pastors. It can happen to Christians, but not pastors. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where the shock comes. And you see videos of him like throwing his kids up in the air and like, and it's like, and like a couple weeks before or whatever, or the same year. And it's like, how, how, you know? So it's, it's definitely comes as a, um, as a, as a shock because of who he was, mm-hmm. you know, his mm-hmm. position. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I heard comments and it was, it was unfortunate. At the moment that it, it happens, you have these two camps that rise up and, and people who are who are just very sad and, and rejoicing in some sense that he's now in heaven, mm-hmm. right? He's with his heavenly father. But then you have other people who, who immediately want to say, well, well, no, no, no. Suicide is, is a sin and it's a final um, rebuke against God. It's saying I, I'm in control. And, and so there's all of a sudden there's this battle. I just think it's something like that. No, no matter who passes away, whether pastor, Christian, non-Christian, no matter who, a suicide is a sad thing. Mm-hmm. It's it's a desperately sad thing, mm-hmm. and so um, you know, theologically, I don't I don't know if if we have any means to come. We, we can't to go and say, well, that's the final act of disobedience to God, or, or absolute assurance that He's in heaven. I don't know, and I don't know Him, so I, so I can't come to that conclusion. Yeah. But what a story like that ought to do is, a uh, what you're talking about, pastors, right? Um, to have a, a care and compassion for pastors. Yeah. Um, I think it's quite misunderstood just how much pastors go through uh, in the counseling and in the in the inner turmoil, the longing they have for their people and the and the, the frustration they have with themselves and their own sin and thinking, mm-hmm. well, I have to lead the flock of God, right? Pray for your pastors. Care yeah. for your pastors. Send your pastor a text or an email yeah. and encourage them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's so important. And, and maybe that's that can be a really uh, important thing to draw from a story like this. Is, is pastors need friends and, and mm-hmm. they need care and love just yeah. like any other human being mm-hmm. needs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good. Uh, another thing that happened this year that was quite amusing. <laughs> okay. Was uh, the Area 51 storm. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that? Did that happen? <laughs> well, it almost happened, didn't it? But for a long time, this whole thing started with a Facebook event yeah. that just went viral and had thousands of people who were signed up to go and that the idea was they were all going to show up and storm Area 51 because right. they wanted to see what was inside, right? Like, the government's hiding who knows what, right. aliens or E.T. and uh, 
R2-D2. We got to get in there and figure <laughs> out what's inside there. And, and the, the classic, you know, meme was, the, the, I think the subtitle of it was Storming Area 51 in brackets, they can't stop us all, right? <laughs> but it actually drew a lot of attention to the point where I think the National Guard, like the, the U.S. Department of Defense basically said, we will use force to defend this military base. Totally. And so you think, well, who's dumb enough to actually attack a military base? But people, it actually got to the point where, you know, people got kind of concerned about this. People actually camped outside. And Josh, you told me that one guy actually got arrested. Uh, why did he get arrested? Well, yeah, he, he, you know, he took a leak by, a, by the fence there. Yeah. <laughs> to jail you go. Yeah. <laughs> I heard that they were supposed to do the um, Naruto run. No, no, oh, no, is that Naruto. Naruto? Yeah, Naruto. Oh, okay. <laughs> Okay, I, I don't. Know. I don't know him either. So. It just basically <laughs> became a hotbed for all sorts of memes and sure. all sorts of. It yeah. was. It was quite amusing. Yeah. But it's. Yeah, it's an interesting. It kind of. Man's curious, you know. Man's curious. Mm. Yeah, We're, and you know what? It also does, it shows there's a lack of reverence for authority. Yeah. Mm. And people just joke about it now, and I think the internet has really helped. Just people. Um, I'm not saying this is a good thing. It just kind of has uh, brought off the, like, people are encouraged now just to be like, yeah, we can joke about the president. Like, look at, I mean, it's just crazy to even see people just mm. how, like, crass they can be publicly and in front of many people mm. over someone who, so in such an authority place as, uh, as the president. And uh, it just shows our culture. You know, when, when Trump caught in, not my president was the big right, thing. Right, it's yeah. like, wow. It just it goes to show, like, we're going to storm Area 51, whatever. Well, I don't care about yeah, authority. we're our own authority. We're our own authority. That's right. Yeah. We right? want to know. Which, Which is just crazy. Yeah. Totally. And that's a very, totally that's a, a cultural thing that we see a lot, too, is yeah. we want all the freedom but no responsibility. Mm. Silly. Yeah, interesting. And sad. Very silly. Okay, one last silly and sad thing as we are closing our time silly here. Silly and sad. There was an Instagram account that popped up, and it raised a lot of questions regarding how we are to spend our money. There was an account that came up called Preachers and Sneakers, and it basically started from a guy who basically was, he would he, call himself a sneaker geek, so he liked shoes and things. And what he started to notice was that all of these famous celebrity pastors, he would no, look at photos of them, and they were wearing very expensive clothing, very expensive shoes. Yeah. And so he began posting about it because it clearly bothered him. And he created an account called Preachers and Sneakers, and he would have a photo of this particular person, and then the value of the shoes that they're wearing, right? Mm. Like the shoe with the price tag and what it's currently going for in the sneaker market, or the value of this person's, uh, like, their track pants or something. And, the, and uh, it, it raised a lot of questions about this sort of thing. And yet, these guys are still wearing all this clothing. Like, they, yeah. there's, like, new photos that keep popping up of right. them doing the same thing. What do you guys think about this? I, I think it... If there wasn't something inside of, because I think a lot of the uh, criticism comes from Christians, um, and I think non-Christians too, obviously, but okay, let's just think generally from non-Christians to Christians, there's something perceived in us that looks on pastors and something tells us they shouldn't be doing that. So something, mm. there's something innate already that says they shouldn't look like, you know, the, the stars and the, and the celebrities mm. or the basketball players, which is really interesting that that's the first mm. thing that they get angry at that because mm. there's this perceived notion where pastors should be lowly and humble and they see, they see that lowly and humbleness of heart externalized in what people wear. So, and I get that. I mean, when I, when I look at that, I can feel judgmental because I'm like, what are you, what are you doing? Like that cost mm. you $1,500 for a belt. Like, what oh, are yeah. you, what yeah, are you wow. doing? Right. But then there's the other side of the argument. And I know 
um, people who who you know are into fashion. But I, I you know I come back just to you know Jesus and his disciples, his little ragtag guys, and you know Jesus says I you know I, I have no place to lay my head. Foxes have holes, birds nests have air. I have no place to lay my head. And there is this humbleness and meekness that Jesus has that displays itself in real life. Mm. And yet Paul says at the end of Philippians, like I've learned the secret of having much and also having nothing. And that is, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So I, I don't know. I, when I look at preachers and sneakers, it's it's hard again, because it comes back to the Kanye West thing. Are these pastors doing this for their own ego, for their own pride, because you know it feels good to wear really nice clothes? Um, or are they doing it fully in, in, a, in a good heart? But then you have to come back to what, you know, again, what Paul says that begins Philippians says, you know, some people preach Christ out of conceit and mm. to, and, but praise God, the gospel's being preached. So there's a, there was just a lot there. So right. I have no, some thoughts, good. but anyways, what that's do you think? That's really, really good. Yeah. You know, I, I agree. I think, I think it's something really significant that when we look at a pastor, we have this expectation that they ought to be uh, lowly um, and not, not uh, proud of what they're wearing or, or show themselves to be something that they're uh, maybe that they're not like, like the superstar because uh, a pastor is not a superstar. Hmm. Uh, a pastor is, is is a shepherd who's in the mud with the sheep, right? yeah. taking care of the people mm-hmm. and, and their souls, right? That's Hebrews 13. They take watch over your soul. And so I think it's it's something uh, important that something tweaks in us because we, we do know biblically that the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Now, just because somebody wears expensive sneakers doesn't mean that they love money. But it for somebody to to have something really expensive, to own a really beautiful home or to have a really, really nice car, there's something in us that wonders. And so I think I think there's just a danger uh, for these pastors' ministry. I don't know all of these pastors. Um, I sure hope, like what you say, as long as the gospel is being preached, we rejoice. I, I hope they're preaching the gospel. Right, exactly. Um, because what can tend to come out of places like that is is a prosperity gospel. I have all this because God has so blessed me. Right. Right. And and this is what it is to be a follower of Jesus. God mm-hmm. will bless you and bless mm-hmm. you, bless you, bless you with all the wealth that you could want. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but that's not true. Yeah. Um, yeah. Spiritual wealth. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, all the heavenly blessings. But material wealth is no guarantee for the Christian. Yeah. So here, here's a question. Yeah. Follow up and a little bit of devil's advocate. Is it wrong for pastors to have nice things? No, absolutely not. Why? Well, because uh, to have a nice thing is simply to uh, enjoy all things that God has given us, right? To go and have, uh, you know, every now and then, Shalana, I go on a date night to the keg. That's a fairly expensive restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll enjoy a nice steak. We'll share it together. And, and that's something special. Um, every Friday. <laughs> <laughs> not quite every Friday. Um, every now and then. Um, so to enjoy nice things is to enjoy the creation that God has given us, right? Uh, right, and yeah. and humanity's ability to explore and create new things that are even nicer and nicer. I, I think it uh, can be a very celebratory thing and a God honoring thing. However, um, to put that in the place right. of anything else, right? That this is this is the very first commandment: you should have no other gods before me, mm-hmm. right? Uh, n- no idols. Yeah. Um, so so there can be a temptation when we enjoy the finer things of life to begin to make that life. My yeah. life is about the finer yeah. things, not mm-hmm. my life is about Jesus Christ. Yeah. And I enjoy his creation. Yeah. Um, but I think even particularly for pastors, um, this is something that I've thought about a lot. And, and this is just a personal um, uh, comment. I don't know how much backup I have for this. But but my thought is, is I love music. I love music very, very much. And so I, I said to my wife the other day, you know, um, I'm so looking forward to the new earth. Because I think I'll be playing a lot of music. Mm. You'll be playing a lot of kids' bop. <laughs> That's right. You know, a lot. That's right. Um, and and so I can give my life completely to the ministry that I know that God has called me to. No, even though I have this love and desire for music, and put music on the side because I know 
uh, that right now uh, is the day, is the time of labor. This is the time when, when I want to preach the gospel to people that they might know Jesus Christ so that on that new earth, in the new heaven, people, there might be more people, hmm. right, uh, that God has rescued to his own glory. And then I'll be able to enjoy all these things. Yeah. To think that the finer things of life will, won't be there, I don't think that's right. Yeah. I think the finer things, very awesome fashion, cool s- sneakers, all these different things, I good think food. they're going to be there. Yeah, good yeah. food. But we'll enjoy them to the glory of God. Right now, uh, particularly for a pastor who's been called to the ministry, now's the time to labor, mm-hmm. right? To say to live is Christ, which is how did Christ live? Exactly what you said, right? He lived in poverty. Uh, I'm going to live as Christ, giving up everything I have for the sake mm-hmm. of the gospel, count everything else as rubbish compared to knowing Jesus Christ. Yeah. And and if the Lord, if, if so, when I'm in heaven and I still want to do these things, enjoy these things, um, and, and God is pleased to let that happen and I'll do it to his glory, then it's going to happen. Uh, I'll yeah. enjoy that. But But right now. And there's something to say too, like there, there, uh, you know, a pastor who wants to reach Beverly Hills, mm. they might have this idea. They might read Paul saying to the Jews, "Become Jew, Gentile, become Gentile." So I'll, I'll, I'll look like them. I'll dress like them to win them, and I suppose that they, that can happen. Yeah. At the same time, like how radical it would be for someone that's not like the world at all um, to come in and start preaching the gospel and. That could, I mean, that's kind of like what Jesus was. I mean, he wasn't anything special. Like, we don't hear any comments about his physique or what he wore or anything. It was just, it was just Jesus, and he came in, and it was wow. People were like, wow, you know, he came out of Nazareth. You know, what comes, what comes out of Nazareth? So there was definitely this attraction to him because he wasn't like everyone else. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, I think that's, I think that's cool. I think we we can win the world not by trying to look like them and wear dressed like them. Uh, we can win them by looking so different than mm-hmm. them. When I think about the whole preachers and sneakers thing, I, I think under two headings. One, I wonder about, and maybe it depends on context, but when a, when a pastor, obviously their life is always being watched, mm-hmm. right? Because they're a leader. Mm-hmm. And so that's just part of the of the role. It's part of the call is, is your life is going to be uh, closely watched. So watch your life and doctrine closely, mm-hmm. as uh, Paul tells Timothy. And so part of that might be your lifestyle. So if you're displaying things of luxury and opulence on stage, those things in itself aren't wrong. God gives us good things, things to enjoy, mm-hmm. right? right? And, and and that's part of living in creation and enjoying the fruits of creation. That, that's mm-hmm. not a bad thing. But I do wonder about if you're on stage and you're displaying that in your congregation, there'd be a lot of people who don't necessarily display that. I think we have to be careful in, in how we are viewed so as to not distract people from the gospel. Yeah. The second thing I'd say, though, is we don't know who these guys are. Mm-hmm. A lot of them have talked about getting, they have been given, like they minister to right. celebrities and these guys like, they, they give, give me stuff. Louis Vuitton yeah. stuff, right? And it's kind of like a way of showing that you appreciate that and you can wear it and you want to wear the nice things. Was it maybe poor timing to wear it on stage, church, maybe, you know, and, yeah. and that's, I think we can all learn and grow in areas like that. But the one thing I think about is some people have nicer things because they steward their money better than other people. Uh, true. Right? Yeah, and I remember absolutely. I remember this in, in college, right? Like, you'd be like, hey, man, do you want to go out and see a movie Friday night? And they'd be like, I got no money, you know? And people always have no money, no money. Yeah. And you're thinking, I know you have money. Because, and you, but you just, you just steward it badly. And I think, uh, last point, I think uh, a responsibility for pastors who genuinely enjoy fashion mm-hmm. as a... <clears throat> hobby as or whatever. Art. As an art, whatever. Yeah. yeah. They just enjoy it. I, I think we have to know that that, because they do that and they love that, it's a very public thing. So they have responsibility to make sure, let's say their viewers and their, their congregation, their flock, 
that they know that. Mm-hmm. I think I think so. I think that'd be good. I think one pastor in the states. I think it's kind of well known that he he genuinely enjoys fashion. It's something that he loves to do, mm-hmm. and it's known. It's, so it's not just like this ambiguous thing. Right. It's like okay, the reason why you wear this clothing is because you you really do you do enjoy that. Right. Um, I just think then they have you have responsibility then to yeah. to talk about that because there's other pastors who wear just kind of normal clothes, but then if you saw their disc golf collection, it's like thousands of dollars. Oh yeah, or you saw their no golf one, clubs. You're like yeah, but no one sees that. And they're like, yeah. oh, they must be a humble, meek pastor. It's like, well, no, they spent the same amount of money, but it's just on something different. Mm. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. And, and you're know, like, I, I enjoy fashion. So yeah. I, I enjoy, but I also look at that and like, I know you can accomplish those looks for more, like you for, for dramatically less money. Yeah. So totally. again, I, yeah. I don't have the answer to it. I think you just no. need to be careful. Yeah. Mm. Well, fellows, this has been a great show. 2019. Can't believe it's over. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, Listen, we just want to wish all of our listeners a happy new year. Yeah. And uh, I will see both of your faces in the coming new year. Yeah. That's right. It's such a good time to reflect on the year, and I'm glad that we had the opportunity with the guys to go through 2019, celebrating, commenting, and allowing space for all that's happened in the year. As we move into 2020, we do have a great lineup of new episodes coming up, including best-selling author and pastor David Platt, and we're welcoming back Tony Ranke, our guest from episode 203. Next week, we're joined by John Tyson, who's an author and pastor in New York, and Daniel and John discuss the opportunities that single people have. So Happy New Year, and I hope that you join us in 2020. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to hear more, subscribe on iTunes and Spotify or visit us online at indoubt.ca or indoubt.com. We're also on social media, so make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. 